The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. So, Eric Ostrowski, ESPN 1000, what is up? Thanks for uh, making some time today. You bet, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a kind of an odd day on my end. I uh, so I'm having so long story short, I'm having work done in my apartment next week, and I just I just found out that I have to move into a hotel next week for two weeks. So really? it's kind of a weird kind of a weird day, yeah. But uh, it could be worse, I guess. I mean, I'm not paying anything. So I was going to say, are they putting you in the hotel then? But then, like, you yeah, have definitely. to order food every, like, or you're getting a suite with something where you can cook. <sighs> there's Yeah, there's, like, a suite, so I can cook technically. That's what, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, do I, I don't want to bring dishes. I can kind of come back and forth right. if I want to. It's, like, four minutes away, so it's not, like, a big deal. But, you know, I could technically sleep here, probably, and then just... Uh, you know, work at the hotel, I guess. Cause I'm working I'm remotely sure it's too. like one of those where they have to turn the water off. So legally yeah, you can't exactly. stay it, in there. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is legitimately a water thing. I have moisture yep. back. So they have to turn the hot water. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my day. I mean, I could be worse. My birthday is Friday. So, I mean, Hey, there it's, we go. A, it's a, it's an interesting week. So how about you? What, how about what you? Is your quarantine birthday plan? Oh, uh, well, I'm actually going to be getting together, you know, with my um, parents and grandma. So not a huge, uh, not a huge thing, just a little, you know, little get together. But yeah, they just moved into a new house. So they're, ha- they're having go. contractors this week do stuff over there. So it's just been an interesting week all around. Perfect. Gotcha. Cool. But uh, yeah, how about, how about you? What's been, uh, what's been going on in your world? Uh, I mean, my world is pretty much revolved around prepping for baby you know what i mean i have a my wife is eight months pregnant right now so it's it's down to the wire so everything we're doing is kind of just based around that she is now home working because she's a therapist and it's the last month and a half she's just doing everything at home just for safety precautions and stuff like that she's literally in the other room right now doing therapy and i'm sitting in here but yeah other than that i've had the day (laughs) off chilling not much just watching jeopardy love me some jeopardy Oh, uh, nice. There you go. Yeah. It's, yeah. Congrats again on the baby. It's awesome. My cousin just had a baby. So right. um, def- definitely awesome that, uh, you know, you've got, you know, you're obviously going to have your hands full a little bit, but definitely good things happening there. So uh, I was curious. So you work at ESPN 1000, obviously, and you're on, you know, you, you do Black and Abdallah, you do some of the other shows, you're on um, Chauncey's Great Outdoors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I and work. then there's yep, Saturday mornings. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much there on Saturdays a lot. So, uh, so yeah, how did how, I'm curious? How did you get started? Uh, not necessarily, well, yeah, how did you get started with ESPN 1000? But also in general, like what kind of led you into the sports radio biz? Um, so actually, like I've always wanted like sports journalism, sports stuff like that. So that's what I went to school for for journalism. Came back home and then because uh, I went to school in Illinois State, which is in like the central state, and then I came home and went to a broadcasting school down in the city that's like a like a it was like a nine-month program and to get an internship somewhere in the city and happens to be two of my teachers at the school were black and abdallah nice so they actually i actually asked them like hey how do i get like my resume from like this stack to this stack at espn and the next day abdallah came back with uh, randy merkin okay. who is our boss he gave me yeah. his email and said he's expecting your email and then i got an internship there and didn't get the like once I grad like once I left in the internship and I didn't get right away, but eventually once a position opened up, they hired me. That's cool. So yeah, Black and Abdallah is who I owe. Hell yeah, my, Black my and Abdallah is ten too. The Black the and Abdallah tree. Know that. It's kind of fun now that we just work together. Yeah, and they legit are the reason I'm there. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. Uh, you know, I, I joke. I think we all joke about the Black and Abdallah hive, but then it's like legitimate. Like you know, like you said, uh, they were really instrumental in you and you know a lot of other people. I think in general, and ter- like Adam, I mean, he's another one that you know he's with Fox Sports now, and awesome. I've been talking with him. I'm trying to get him on the podcast soon. I heard from him today, and he's still. I mean, he's busy with the NFL and Fox and stuff. I'm like, dude, you're totally cool. I I am not a big deal. <laughs> I'm just. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was cool that like, and I've talked with Merkin, Carmen, Cap. Uh, you know, a lot, Tyler Aki. So I've talked with a lot of, you know, it's awesome talking with you guys. Uh, 
I love the Twitter interaction, calling in. You guys, <laughs> you and Air, uh, you and Tyler are like, oh, what's up, dude? Whenever I call in. So it's always fun. But yeah, the tree, the Black and Abdallah tree and Hiver are awesome. But yeah, going into the World Series, I was curious on your thoughts. Now, first off, you're a Sox, you're a White Sox fan, right? Yes. So, and we can get into the Sox for sure. But uh, what were your thoughts maybe on the World Series? Uh, I think right off the bat, obviously the Justin Turner stuff from yesterday. And then before that, the Blake Snell stuff was really weird. Uh, it was a good series in general. I was rooting for the Rays. Just, I don't know, the fun underdog. I, I liked making fun of the Dodgers, but, you know, I give them the credit. They they were the better team. But what were your thoughts? So, like, going into it, I would have read, like, as a baseball fan, it's more fun to see a unique team like the Rays get their shot mm-hmm. and take it. But going into yeah. it, it was definitely the Dodgers series to lose. Right. Pretty much, we realized that about halfway into their little 60-game season that they are clearly better than everyone else in baseball. So it was yeah. theirs to lose, and like their lineup just showed up for the whole series. Nothing you can do when they, they hit like that. Right. Yeah, definitely. It, I don't know. I, I just... It was so weird. Like When they took out Blake Snell and Tampa Bay uh, went to their bullpen, I, I mean, the social media reaction said it all. Like Sometimes I think, okay, the reaction, depending on what the case case-by-case scenario is sometimes it's like all right maybe the team maybe the manager knows more than we do but in this case it's kind of like yeah analytics has its place but you literally are just frustrating the dodger hitters mookie Betts said as much and then they take them out and then it's basically get, you know not game over but it may as well have been right then and there they score right away and that's it it was by the end of that half inning. It was yeah. the Rays were because the Rays don't score much. Like right. that was it. That was like okay, now this is a, a big uphill battle for them. It was again. It was so frustrating to watch. Like I understand the numbers tell you, pitcher third time through the rotation, not a good idea. And again, one of if the best ro- lineup in the league for the third time through. But he's dealing, and it's at some point, especially I just I get it when you're playing one sixty two. Because in, in a large sample size, it'll benefit your team. Yeah. But when you're playing seven or you, I feel like when it comes to playoffs and World Series, you got to take it game by game and right. competitive versus comp- like, hey, you have to look at it differently when it comes to playoffs, in my opinion. I, I, I don't like it as much in as period, like even in regular season, but in playoffs, I feel like you should need to take a different approach. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. And, and like, we you know, watch the game to watch these players compete, yeah, man. Not yeah. to watch these coaches or numbers compete. Like it would have been fun to see Snell bear down and go yeah. through that lineup for a third time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was just thinking, like, you know, I think it's been in the last at least five years that I could think of, maybe beyond that. But at least going back to, I remember the 2015 uh, Royals had that monster bullpen. And then we saw the 16 Indians doing the same thing. The Yankees are built with their bullpen. So we see these we see these pitching changes. And I get it. When you're game six, game seven, all hands on deck, you got to do what you got to do. But at the same time, throughout the playoffs, you know, it seems like we're dealing with, you know, starting pitchers go three or four innings. We go to the bullpen. I mean, whatever, whatever works. I'm not going to critique it. Now, obviously, if it doesn't work, that's when it's just like, well, you know, like the I Snell situation. Right. And well, like, look what Dave Roberts did last night. He went against the curve and threw in his starter to yeah. end the game for three straight innings. And right. Urias was incredible. Like, so he went against it. He went with feel. He's still dealing, even though he pitched three innings the night before and he let him go. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. That was fun. That was competitive. Like, that's the stuff that is what makes a fan enjoyable to watch. It would have been interesting if Clayton Kershaw closed out that uh, Dodger that game, but you that know, would have been more just just for like here, like Kershaw. This is right. you, okay. of course. Uh-huh. And then if he blows it, then it's like, oh well, no, can he go Game Seven? I probably could, but yeah. How terrible would that have been? That would have been oh. something. So I mean, like I said, I don't even care about the Dodgers. I just liked to m- make fun of them and all that. But uh, you know, whatever they won. Uh, but I guess we can <laughs> we can joke about their sixty games. I mean, it is what it is. Every team was going to face that same sixty game thing, and it counts. I, I like you know, if the Cubs won, I wouldn't be. I would be glad they had still won in sixteen for the full season, the real season thing. But you know, it is what it is uh, with the whole pandemic and everything else but uh so going to chicago baseball and specifically your socks so obviously really good season the potential looks you know the sky is unlimited basically going forward um so is tony larusso going to be the manager 
<laughs> I, I'm still waiting for Ashton Kutcher to pop out because yeah. we're getting punked. Like, it doesn't make any sense to put him in this position with that roster and this team. I, I can't believe that this is still up in the air. And I get that. They couldn't even like, cause MLB doesn't want you to sign someone during the world series. So right. I think we may find out here soon, but the fact that La Russa is still really the name, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Like I can't wrap my head around it. I guess I just can't understand the reasoning. Yeah. It's mind boggling. I mean, it, like, and like, I know cap said a couple weeks ago, you know, it's like the dude is a hall of famer. He's one of the greatest, all, but it's just that he's like 70, he's in his seventies and we're talking about a young white Sox team. Yeah. I, I just get it. I get why it's not the ideal, at least on paper, it does not seem like the ideal fit. And it's just kind of like, what are you doing? Uh, would you, would you want a guy like AJ Hinch or now I know Alex Cora hasn't been linked necessarily, but a guy like that. So I had to think about it because I have been so anti-Astros and like I've loved right. hating them. It's been <laughs> so fun. And then the AJ Hinch thing came up. I'm like, well, that's on paper the best actual thing for the White Sox. So then I was like, well, yeah. if I feel that way, I've got to start outwardly, outwardly hoping that those mm -hmm. Astros get plunked and everything. So I kind of just sat back. I didn't root for the Astros, so I decided. <laughs> Since I want Hinge, that I can't hate on Altuve anymore. So I step back from uh, all that, is my opinion. Because, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm swallowing the hypocrisy that it is right now. I know it. I know it. But I want to win. Uh, yeah, it's funny because guys like Hinch and Lunau uh, kind of seem to, I guess not take responsibility you know hinge was kind of like i guess i could have done more but technically it was them you know it, it felt like they were just kind of passing the blame so yeah i mean it's one of those things where i kind of thought that you could you know going back to when they were issuing the uh punishment i was wondering if it might be a you know a ban for life type of a thing but obviously it's not but you know we saw the braves gm a few years ago get banned for life or i don't know if you remember it was uh something to do with like international drafting and all kinds of violations and they banned the guy and they've only banned like what three people right, ever in baseball right. so i mean who knows but um it will be interesting to see if he you know gets hired anywhere i i mean when the initial punishments came down i was surprised on how light all of it virtually was that the players got away with it because they were they were the ones talking type thing and yeah. then like you said hinch was just deflected blame and lunal deflected i i agree i again i hated i still do hate that astros too man they they took things away from baseball it's it's brutal okay so going into the nfl the bears so what are your thoughts on the bears so far you know five and two coming off a dud on monday night against the rams i know i'm not here espn 1000 all day for the most part i know what the the sentiment is regarding the offense naggy to be honest naggy <laughs> i keep i keep trying to remember like where did the, where did guru get uh thrown in there because i keep hearing he's an offensive guru but he just can't make it work I mean, that was, that was the bill that Ryan Pace <laughs> sold the Chicago Bears. Of fans. course, that's, Ryan Pace. That's yeah. That's where it yeah. came from. That was, that was the people that like Andy Reid's and Andy Reid's tree mm -hmm. gave him that moniker. And you're right. There yeah. has not been one sign of genius in that offense at all. <laughs> I like him a lot. I'm in the boat of, I like him as a head coach. I like him as a leader. Yeah. But the offense has, has not gotten any better at all like i thought things would look different with falls it's not progressing one iota i just yeah, there's nothing yeah. about his i think i think he gets enamored by the play call and not the playmakers as so i heard someone mm -hmm. say that earlier today and i was like i like the way they put that i'm like yes he ignores the athletes that mm -hmm. are on the field because, because right. of his play sheet in front of his face yeah yeah that seems to be the case even going back to trubisky i mean you can say what you want about Trubisky, but we know that he seemed to do better, even though this isn't a way you can really run a full 60 minute game, but he seemed to do better when he wasn't thinking, running all that. And they would seem to do the thing that he could not do, which was pretty much everything. But you know what I mean? Like, or even with Foles, uh, you know, they were talking about how he told Greasy, I guess it was supposed to be off the record probably, but he was like, yeah. When I get these calls, I don't. I know I can't execute this, and it just seems like a disconnect. And it's just like, okay, you're five and two, but I 
would not be surprised if they lose to the Saints, even though that is a road game and the first outdoor game, I believe, for the Saints this season. And I know the Saints have kind of been iffy too, but it's still the Saints. It's still Drew Brees. If you score, you can't. You, you have to match exactly. them. So like the Saints, even if you play good D, are gonna they're gonna give you twenty four. You know, like that's that's you could play real tight D against them right now. And I'm with you until this offense shows me anything. I can't pick them to mm. come and play with a team like the Saints who can play offense. I can't. And like yeah, exactly. And Trubisky point about so he's a quarterback who's proven not to be a very accurate quarterback. So why mm-hmm. would you be throwing the ball 40, 45 times with him? Yeah. And you're setting him right. up for failure. Get get a run game going. Let him play off play action. Let what Jared Goff is doing with the naked boots. Like McVay last year went away from that offense and went to an offense he wanted to do and how unsuccessful mm-hmm. they were. So we went back to that jet sweep, naked bootleg offense because that is what his quarterback needs. Like that's that's showing all right, I want to do my thing, but my thing doesn't work. And that's what Nagy needs to figure out. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's, I, I try to compare that to like the everyday, you know, like like the average person like me. Like I'm trying to think like, what about like if I was thinking about me and my job and it's like, sure, I, I could find maybe a more efficient or effective way of doing X, but if I'm not seeing results, I got to do what's going to work. And it's just like in Nagy's case, I mean, I know it's the dumbest comparison, but you know what I mean? It's like with Nagy, it's like... No, here, here, like, here's a simple analogy. Like, if I keep putting the toast in the toaster and <laughs> turning the dial all the way to the right and it burns every yeah, single time, yeah. and I say, well, maybe <laughs> next time I should not put it all the way up, but when I put the toast in, I just turn it all the way up again. Right. And I'm expecting a different result. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great Abdallah type analogy as well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that's, that's, that's exactly it. It's like, okay, Nagy, you told us to watch the Colts game last year. Did you watch your own Colts game this season against the Colts? I mean, seriously, right? I guess long term. Now, the Bears have a good defense. They always pretty much do. It's always been their thing. Offense has always been iffy. So it sounds like Nagy, no matter what happens, unless the team loses out or something crazy, it sounds like Nagy and Pace will still be around next season. Do you trust Pace to do anything right on the offensive side in terms of drafting or any kind of acquisition? It just seems like everything he does is just like, why did you do that? Why did you give up this for that? Or, you know. I mean, he has, <laughs> when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, no, he has zero mm-hmm. track record. Again, unless he's <laughs> drafting interior linemen, which he's done a good job, Whitehair and Daniels can play football. Like, those are good. Other than that, he has not proven that he can draft any other type of athlete in on the offense. On defense, he's been solid, even yeah. with his free agency pickups. Mm-hmm. So, no, like, he hasn't proven anything <laughs> to Bears fans that he knows how to put an offensive team together. Again, he's drafted one quarterback. He yeah. said he was going to draft a quarterback every right. year. He drafted right. Mr. Trubisky and no one else. Like, uh, like what? It's just bad. One, he just tells us one thing and does another. Just kind of how Nagy speaks too. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. Nagy, he can give you a good word salad every single week. He can talk, <laughs> but it's just like, all right, we've heard the same rhetoric. It's like, all right, what are you going to actually like? Yeah, we just got to get him comfortable. We just got it. We just got to do this and do that. I like what I've seen, and it's like, all right, you're not doing anything differently. And maybe I mean. And I do wonder, uh, you know, how much he and uh, Pace are on the same page with things. I wonder if Nagy could be a better GM. Now, that's saying a lot because he can't even run the offense. So I don't think telling him to be the GM would be any better. But I mean, maybe he, I don't know, maybe he could do better with personnel or something. I wouldn't, I I feel like right now he'd be in the head coach and the (laughs) offensive coordinator and not succeeding at that. I wouldn't put another thing on his plate as well. But I mean, he may have a better assess of talent than Ryan Pace, but that's not a high bar right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So before the season, did you end with the, uh, I know they added the second, you know, wild card. So did you like the bears? I think the sentiment was kind of seven, eight wins. So now they're five and two. They look like they could, I mean, they look like they should be a playoff team. If you win like what, three, four more games, but, yeah, I mean, are they the worst five and two team in the league? I mean, obviously, it's hard to it's hard to be high on them when their offense stinks. They do what they did Monday. I think you think. I mean, look at teams like Arizona who are on the rise. They they went up there and or they beat Seattle Sunday night. They I don't I wouldn't put up the I wouldn't put the Bears against Seattle. 
uh, Arizona, even Tampa again. I mean, you can't expect Brady to make another mistake like that again, or if they're in Tampa. You know what I mean? It's just, no. what teams you. could you realistically say this team is better than? No, and, and it all comes down to the offensive side of the ball because every one of those teams, you're like, all right, like if we had an average offense, our defense will keep you in the game. But we don't have an average offense. We have a bottom five offense. So there's, they're, they're a fraud of a five and two. Even a, a lot of their wins, weren't didn't even feel satisfying in a sense like it was just like uh right all right we'll take the dub type thing and and, and, exactly and just it's just ugly it's it hasn't been sound and it all comes back to the offensive side of the ball the defense again is a team that'll put keep you in every game games that they should not be in because of their offense they're at least ain't in competitive but that offense is is not competitive you know this, but I love that song that you created for the uh, was it five up, five down for the Black Abdallah segment. That song. How do you how do you come up? How do you guys come up with I guess music or when you're thinking of segments and coming up with whatever sound bites? Like how do you kind of come up with that stuff? Um, so one that song. I don't know if you know the the Six Flags commercial with the dancing bald guy with the glasses. Oh yeah, it's that yeah. song. Really? You, yeah, I didn't. One, I stumbled upon wow. it. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> now you'll be able to hear the tone, like the little be like. Doo, doo, I will doo, have doo, to go doo, back and doo, watch doo, that. In the oh yes, you'll okay. Catch it now, but it's not like, okay. the part that everyone knows. So I, right. I stumbled upon it by like just searching because I knew the name of the segment was Five Up Five yeah. Down. So like I was just yeah. searching song names with up <laughs> and different things. Like I just found it, and then I heard that that loop, and I was like, oh, this is funny. And the thing is, I had the rest of the open, all the rest of the audio put together. And then I found the song and I was like, okay, this is like a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So like, <laughs> then you adjusted things more because the song was more important than all the other stuff. So that I just got lucky and found a really good hook to a song just by Googling and searching and going through Spotify and things like that. Yeah. The funny thing was, it was, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, I was in my kitchen listening to Black and Abdallah and I was in my kitchen doing dinner or whatever, making something. And I hear that song and I kind of look up, I think for a second, and I'm like, just listening to it. But then it was Abdallah's reaction that really made me think like, yeah, I need to go back and listen to that again. And it was super funny. And I've gone back just to listen to that segment for a minute, just to hear that song. Cause it's just so funny with the, 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 the melody and the, the words and stuff. So good job on that. <laughs> it was, it was definitely fun to hear for me to listen to Abdallah cause he didn't hear Chris heard it yeah. before he aired it, but Abdallah hadn't heard it yet. And then his reaction was so funny. Like, it was great. Hell? He wasn't ready for the last little nugget at the end. Yeah, exactly. It was fun. It was um, fun. and oh man, so you'll laugh at this, I think, but I was talking to Tyler Aki back in the summertime and, uh, I'm trying to think how we got on the topic of, you know, the White Sox report and Bro Connor. Uh, and I had no clue that you did the singing for that as well. For some reason, I thought Bro Connor sang his own thing. I don't know why. And then when, when I realized or when he told me it was you or whatever, I was like, oh, yeah, like that makes so much more sense now. And Nick Palazzo, you know, he's another Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, yeah, you didn't know that. I'm like, I should have probably. But yeah, that was another funny one that I always like listening to. That the story, like the way that happened is it was like Chris and Adam used to have a Sunday morning show at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. So it was probably like six yep. in the morning on Sunday when Warren and were in there like <laughs> prepping. And Chris is like, all right, this is what I want to do. Like to make it sound like the White Sox song and then say the Bro Connor part. And so we cracked a mic and I, I just randomly did it in one take. We did it once. He, he looked at me. He's like, nice. nailed it. I'm like, sweet. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, Black and Abdallah have both told me. It's funny because when I was talking with him, I was talking with Chris separately from Abdallah and then, and then Tyler. They all said pretty much the same exact thing about the other, about how... Obviously, Black and Abdallah, uh, they don't even, well, I won't say that they don't prep, but like they know what they're going to talk about. They each know that they're going to do their homework before they come in. But uh, yeah, it was like they both were kind of saying like the joke is kind of like they'll walk in that morning and be like, are we talking sports? Yep, sports. But yeah, so with, with those prep meetings, I'm curious if you can kind of talk, maybe you don't have to like unveil the curtain, but I, I mean, I know those guys prep super hard. They know what they're talking about. They put a lot of, I love the bits in general. Some, I like I like the hot sauce bit. I'm going to get to that in a second. What is like, I guess the typical process or even for you, like you said, you um, were going over certain audio things to make. And so what's, what's that kind of like? Right. For the most part, for like regular shows, I, I'll like 
we'll just come in or like they're actually in before me because they worked the show yeah. earlier but uh like i'll come in and obviously whatever's topical for that day i'll know i'll just look for sound and then i'll like get it all that i want and then i ask chris like i'll send him a, like talk to him i'll show him what i put in the system because we have like a computer system that we all share and then like he's like all right just give me these few cuts type thing and i just put them on his page he also cuts a lot of sound during the day too so he has a lot ready um but when it comes to like us in the room like it's it's not really we don't really talk about what, what's gonna be on the show like they they have their topics that they want to talk about and they know like when they're gonna actually i don't even know if adam knows when they're gonna talk about it chris will have like the whole idea of what time and stuff like that they're gonna be talking about yeah. what adam just knows what they're gonna be talking about and because they are they've known each other for so long they have such good right. chemistry they're such good friends that like they even if one just wants to do a bit <laughs> in the middle of a segment one can start doing the bit and the other one will catch on like that's right. what that's their chemistry but when it comes to their prep and stuff like that they come prepared they know what they want to say they have an idea on which topics and opinions and and i think the one thing that i i chris and adam are both very good at is creating questions to generate engagement with fans that's something I think that there's some of one of the better ones at, at the station at is creating questions that like will actually like generate conversations and not like just throwing out. I know we did it. The, the MJ so LeBron true. debate a freaking week yeah. ago. I want to talk yeah. about it as one that screens the calls. It's so annoying. But um, just in general, just in conversationally, they just are able to come up with more debatable conversation things for fan engagement. And like, if we are like chatting before the shows, it's more, we're talking movies and TV shows. And like we talk, cause we, all three of us are like, we kind of keep our eye on tons of different pop culture stuff. It's something that like, we kind of like pride ourselves in us three, like we're kind of the most on it. Um, so we're talking more about that. We're talking like the newest TV show and things like that and anything. Just banter. I love, yeah, the banter, the bits are great. I love, uh, I love chipping in when I can, which is, I love live tweeting. I mean, I don't even plan it. It's just so funny because I'll hear something and I play into the bits or, you know, like, yeah, the, uh, the engagement is always awesome because, you know, I wasn't used to that with, uh, you know, I would, you could tweet at a, a blue check mark or a big time, you know, personality on Twitter and really not get a response. So I was pretty surprised when I realized how, how active they were in, in engaging. So that's always, you know, fun also. Yeah. And then I remember years ago like when the first time chris promoted their show is like we're millennials tweet us we can do two things at once so like we'll be tweeting <laughs> and doing the show and like the yeah. one time he did it at like the first break we went to i was like yo say that a lot chris like get that out there that you guys are very engaging and he's like yo like cool like so then he ran with it and like it's it's they are and that's smart i think <laughs> like you yeah, said definitely. they built themselves a little hive yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and going back to the Jordan-LeBron debate, like in general, you hear that or I hear that and I'm like, oh God, not again. But I like the way Chris did that. Like you said, it was it was like the same time. In general, it's like the same tire debate. But I like how that happened. I, I, I don't think they were planning to have that be the whole show because i know adam was like what are we going to get to the nfl or whatever and, that's, but that's the, the other thing is like we're allowed to complain that chris is starting this argument well on the show <laughs> and make that part of the okay that's, we're doing this but why are we? so like that's another part of the show like we engage in the argument but we also complain yeah. that we're doing this argument again i also it was also funny the time when it was going to be, I think it was a good question, and you just totally were like, I don't know where the audio is for that. And you just, I mean, like, you know, like, it even if something doesn't go. It was the first time they moved, had their weeknight show, and we're doing yeah. it. And I haven't yeah. worked their Sunday show in years, so I didn't know that Chris yeah. didn't hit the open. So I'm just chilling, waiting for him to hit it. And then I see him look at me, I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to say this on air. Like, what else can I do? So you just got to make a bit out of it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what's. I wasn't ready for it at all. It'll happen. And the reaction was great. I mean, he just they just roll with it. Like I've told I've talked to them before and I was like, yeah, I know stuff probably doesn't go according to plan, but you would never know unless they just laugh like that and it was just like that was great. So, I mean, I I really can't imagine Well, I was going to say I can't imagine seeing either of them get angry. Now I've seen them get into their spirited debates in general, but not like anger. So I could see them with their passion, but like I just can't imagine them ever being like I guess, super difficult to work for or work with, or, you know, they seem so chill and down to earth. Like they are, like you all are on the radio. Yeah, no. And 
they like know that we're talking sports like as uh, yeah, as yeah exactly says, we're playing in in the sand like in the backyard yeah. we're in the sandbox playing so like they don't take even though they may be like, acting like super serious or like have their hard <laughs> opinion like they they don't care if you shoot it down like no they they know it's a show other people yeah, exactly. at other in other shows at other stations at our station don't do well at realizing and not taking themselves seriously and they don't they it, like they will have their hard opinion on air and again and the second they turn their mic off and i'm like that's a terrible effing idea they don't care like it's not a big <laughs> deal at all or if something completely flops like a bit totally flops they they make fun yeah. of themselves for it like I like the one where they were talking about the NFL before the season started, maybe back in like April or now nah, it's a couple months ago anyway, but they're talking about like, what, what do you do? Like, do you have just divisional play so that each team plays each other four times or, and Adam was like almost pissed off about that. And I was like, this is great. I love it. I love angry Adam, but he was just like, it's a horrible idea. And just giving it to Chris. So that was funny. Salty Adam is fun. He is funny to be around <laughs> yeah. when he's salty. It's, it's so funny. So or just, just a couple weeks ago you, you just you just poke them it's funny yeah. i think it was yeah i think it was the five up five down segment um chris was like who did you have before the season he's like it doesn't matter who i had then this is who i have now he was just like so mad about it but yeah those are always those are always uh those are always good times so yeah i was curious too on your thoughts uh, i always ask everybody i talk with out of chicago first off are you a hockey fan do you follow the hawks much or just kind of no, and like I will, I will say the reason I'm not a hockey fan. Like I grew up watching and loving all sports. The Blackhawks sure. weren't on TV when I was uh, right. growing up, so they missed Valid, my yeah. generation. And I love too many other sports, so I'm like, man, I'm not gonna give. I love the NBA, Definitely. so I'll just watch the NBA. I won't watch hockey. So that's really the why they missed me as a hockey fan is because. Papa Wurtz didn't have them on TV when I was growing up. Even if they were bad, I would have watched. I'm a White Sox fan. They've been bad in <laughs> a lot of my childhood. Like that doesn't but same with the Bears, you know? Like I would have watched. Makes sense. So Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That's perfectly, perfectly valid. And I mean, you know, I was just gonna and like going to the NBA. So, you know, of course I liked the nineties Bulls. And I, I never lived in Chicago, but I pretty much am like a Chicago guy at heart because my dad's from Illinois. So I've been there a couple times. I, you know, I listened to the station. I got into the station because of the banter and I wanted to hear Cubs stuff. And then that just led from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. So now I hear all the bears. I know all about the bears. I'm not even like a bears fan, but I have nothing against them. Uh, I, I know more about them than any other team basically, but yeah. Uh, and so with the bulls and with the NBA, so uh, yeah, I, um, you know, I watch the bulls of course, and, and I'm going to be 32 on Friday. So of course for me, peak nineties bulls were the thing I was like 10, 12, whatever. Yeah. As far as the NBA, so I don't really watch it now, but, uh, I liked, I think, I think it actually, and you know, I, I, I kind of stopped watching, I guess after Kobe retired, but, uh, in general, I was curious though, with the Bulls going mm. forward, what are your thoughts? Obviously, the offseason still has to happen, but they finally got rid of Boylan. I like the Billy Donovan hire. They got a new GM. It seems like they're finally it, making progress. The whole like feeling, the whole aura, the whole cloud over the team for since 99, really, it feels lifted. Whether it's going to be sunny once these clouds lift, we're not sure. We're optimistic, but it, it feels like the team that doesn't really respected by other teams and players and coaches is is kind of getting pushed away like the wind is blowing these clouds out slowly it feels like so that it's weird to have kind of this eternal optimism right now about the bulls because it's been the opposite you've kind yeah. of been all right they're scrappy so you have this fake optimism but under you you're like well they're not good enough to really compete so like you have that pessimism but now you have like well maybe these guys are smart and they can build maybe i don't know like hopefully and i'm not expecting them to be great this year but like it's nice to have right. kind of a smart smart head on the top we think maybe hopefully <laughs> it sounds yeah it does you know, I, it I think if right. you're it sounds yeah and if you're a bulls fan it's like yeah you should be uh i would say you should be excited i mean when's the when's the last time you could say you could be excited about two jerry reinsdorf teams white Sox and bulls going forward they might be the best teams going forward soon who knows i mean when frank thomas was on the white Sox, that was it mid 90s you know you're, you're right absolutely that's that is, how about that 
Jerry. I know, last, right? His last it's, uh, uh, but maybe that's why he wants Larusa. He doesn't want it to be too exciting yet. I, I don't know. know. That is a Reinsdorf tie. That is a Jerry yeah. tie. So I mean, yeah. that's unreal. That uh, got to bring it back to that. That's so weird. I just don't get it. I can't even put to words because it doesn't make sense at all. At all. He sounds. He sounds. I mean, he's uh, from from what I've heard. Meaning, like from what I've heard Cap say on the radio. I have right. no sources, mm-hmm. obviously, but from what I've heard, you know, Cap say he's a great. Or from what he has heard, you know, it sounds like Reinsdorf is a great guy to work for. He's super loyal, yes. which is great. No, that's all true. It's overloyal. Yeah. Right. Overloyal. Like he. He'll be loyal to people who may not actually get the best for him because he's too loyal. Right. And we witnessed that with the Bulls for about right. the last five years when that Garpax regime stayed. So like that's all that. What I thought was funny listening or watching the the last dance, which is all just super yeah, awesome. But I, I just so it's funny. So uh I didn't really remember Jerry Krause all that much. I, I knew the name. I didn't really know the story. I didn't really understand. I didn't really know everything that we found out, or I guess maybe everybody else may have already known, but like, you know, it seemed to me like he really wanted some of this credit that he didn't feel like he was getting or this or that. So anyway, when he died a few years ago, I was just like, oh yeah, the architect of the Bulls, like, man, what a great career. I mean, he did have a great career, obviously, but uh, I didn't realize some of the, uh, the stuff between like him and Jackson, et cetera. But uh, it's funny watching the last dance. I had no idea. So I knew that he did work for in baseball, but he literally goes in the Reinstorf's office and is like, I think I could be a GM and he hires them. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I, it was again, a weird Reinsdorf loyalty. And like when it went to like the him, like I was aware of, he wanted the credit over the players and, and that whole disdain, but I was not aware of how open and mean like Michael and Scotty and they would just, and Phil would just in their, in his face about it. Like I did not know that was cause that's what a toxic work environment that was. That's right. insane. Yeah. So I didn't realize yeah. that part of that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, the last dance, obviously it's a, to, un- it's an understatement to say it was an awesome documentary. It's Gosh. so weird. It's so weird. I don't know about you, but like, it's so weird to think back to April and May now because we had no sports. We were watching the last dance. I, I was literally, I was, I was saying this on my last pod. Uh, I was literally go talking about quarantine. I was literally no sports. I was literally binging shark tank every night. Cause I had nothing to watch. And I just got super into that. And now I haven't watched it since because well, a we have sports back and B I'm probably tired of shark tank now. But, uh, man, at least we have sports back. It's such a weird time to say the least, but you know, at least sports are back, but, uh, like you're right though. Like just February and April was so dark and like where we live, it was cold still Mm -hmm. and it was just nothing to do. And it's like, all right, let, well, have we watched the Sopranos? No, let's watch like, so like it was just doing things like that. And Shark Tank is fun, but I can only imagine how like tiring it would get after a while. Oh yeah. But, and we're coming back to it now though. Like we're just have football. Exactly. So now during the week, it's like, all right, well, shows again. That's the thing. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing because usually this is peak NBA, NHL. We got college basketball in a month. Hopefully, you know, it's still happening like normal. Yeah, it's supposed to be. But then I was thinking like, well, okay, it's just football right now. But if you think about it, it's Thursday, probably a college game on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's almost every day we have football except for, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. three weekdays or something Unless it's like like a COVID thing. Yeah, uh you're right. Are you... uh, We were just flushed with so much yeah. sports for three months that wow well, spoiled right there look at that exactly. look at how i went from being having nothing to being spoiled <laughs> to not wanting more <laughs> the waves of, of quarantine oh man i know it uh are you a big college uh basketball or college football fan um not, I, I i don't really watch college hoops until mm-hmm. march madness and then i watch i watch college football casually i'm mm-hmm. not like i don't have a team i don't necessarily love the offensive landslides and all the games and the, the poor defense and the simple offense. Like I, I, I hate watching it cause I love football, but the college football frustrates me. Do you have a college team? So, yeah. So, okay. So I lived in Columbus, Ohio for a good amount of okay. time. So of course, Ohio state was a team. I, I'm not, a, I think it's since I've, you know, I've been back in Virginia now for the last, what, since Oh four. So a long time. Uh, I mean, I, I like Ohio state, but I'm not a diehard. I think I used to kind of feel like I was, but I'm indifferent. I still want them to win, but I'm not like diehard about it. So 
yeah, I mean, I'll watch Ohio State, but um, I've got, I've, I've kind of become more of a UVA fan too. My dad likes UVA, so I mean, I like watching UVA, especially in basketball. I know everybody hates the defense and all that, but they're good. And I, I like know, watching a winning team. I don't, you know, I can't hate on team. the way UVA plays hoops. Like I, I'm a, like, it's it's a not a brand that's entertaining, but it's winning and it's consistent. It's gonna it's have effective, you, yeah. It's gonna have you competing every year because of the brand it is. I actually like how it's almost like a thing where if they keep the opponent under 40, it's like, that's as good if you score 80 or 90, you know, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, with college football saying this recently, uh, I like it of course, but I think I've gotten frustrated now. Obviously every team has, every sport has great teams, Alabama, Clemson, they're both great. I guess I don't love the playoff. I mean, I think I, I know the four-team playoff is better than no playoff. Um, I guess there's still the subjective elements of it, but that is that's always going to be there. Uh, I like, you know, I like it, but I guess I don't love it. Maybe like I might have used to. I don't know. I don't know if it's the bowls or the the playoff or it's just it is what it is. In, in college basketball, I do like college basketball probably more. I like, like you said, I like March Madness, obviously, um, but I don't know. And you know, it's like the element of surprise in March Madness is great. We see that more in basketball than the college football. But uh, at the same time, it's like maybe March Madness gets watered down or if the if too many top teams, you know, lose, maybe it kind of takes away. I don't know. So it's it's kind of great or it's kind of good having a lot of the great teams do well and having those rivalries that kind of form like Alabama, Clemson, stuff like that. But uh I don't know. I, I I guess I'm like you. I'm more casual with college. I like the NFL, um, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's I, I kind of like the NFL more. I think. Yeah, I'm, I've always been one to argue with people that say the football in college football is better than the football in the NFL, and it's just far oh, from yeah, true. No. Like it's so yeah. far from true. Like the, the quarterback plays, they put up 450 yards, but they read one player <laughs> all game. They're reading one safety to see his reaction or, or one corner. It's so simple. And then you watch, I think what bothers me right now about college football, this season has been atrocious is that the secondary mm. and tackling play is terrible. Like there's no, they look at the average. I can't watch a game for four and a half hours. Like people complain about watching the Irishman, and then they'll come and tell me <laughs> that college football, I need to sit down for four and a half hours. And it's like, you tell me which one I'm allowed to watch for how long. Like, what? I don't know. It's just, it's too long and it's too, I, I like I defense. And there's, there's just no stopping any of these teams right now. And it's frustrating. But I do That's like, true. so your point about like having, the, watching a team like Alabama and Clemson, those horses out there. It's fun to watch them for about a half and then they're up by 25 and then I'm cool. But it's fun to watch them roll. And then once you know the game's over, I usually move on. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny going to kind of uh, how long a game plays. Um, I never I never had, you know, with baseball, for instance. Uh, I know pace of play has always been a huge topic. And my thing has always been like, I get it. If you're watching an average, I like baseball in general, but I get it. If you're watching an average game for four hours, it's like, all right, I'm like, let's go. I never, but I never wanted to change the game. I never wanted to do the three batter minimum. I never wanted to just change any part of the game to just to make it shorter. But what were your thoughts on that as far as all that stuff? And I, I know this year is kind of weird and they had to do something, but I mean, what did you come across right, with that? So I, I feel like I'm 33. So like we're the same age and I feel like I watch more baseball than most of my friends, like period. Like most of my friends will, will dip into baseball here and out, but I will agree with them that it's, it's been a pretty bad brand of, of, of baseball to watch. It's kind yeah. of the reason why this raised team is interesting because they do so many shifts and, and the, the four outfielders, how about four outfielders? That is wild. But, um, right. Yeah. I, it's just the brand of baseball where there's there's no action. It's all swing and miss. It's all home run. And and now pitchers know how to to throw the basically the whole pitching game has changed where every breaking ball used to be grounded into the dirt. Now if you can throw a slider waist high or above, now any of these home run hitters hit them and they all strike out. So like that the whole approach, yeah. that's why the Astros were actually the first to start Verlander, having him spin the ball high, Cole spin the ball high, and look how they dominate in the playoffs with that. So like I I just don't like I enjoy base like one of the more fun things is watching someone go first to third in baseball mm -hmm. like just yeah. like, the ball hit to right the right fielder feels it clean throws coming guys round and like th that's exciting that's the part of baseball again I watch things to be entertained 
Right. And and it's it's this series was entertaining because the Dodgers hit the ball all over the place, not just home runs. So like they had base runners a lot of them, I would like to look up how many innings they had base runners on because they all and that's where baseball's fun is when there's dudes moving around the bases. Yeah. Yeah, like Mookie Betts stealing bases like crazy. The guy's a superstar. And complete games. Letting letting right. someone oh, just yeah. bear down and throw 115 and have a complete game. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's just become this uh we gotta protect the star. I mean, I get it if there's a legit reason there to protect the pitcher, but like pitch counts are a thing. And I've heard people no, say like, the pitch counts an imaginary right. That. Yeah, there's there's no proof behind the pitch count thing. And guys are getting Tommy John regardless of pitch count they're getting them with more and more now but it's also like let me just get it now to get it over with thing too right the pitch count has not proven anything but every single team about like completely follows it which is interesting yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in baseball, I feel like is the one sport. Well, not the one sport. I think the other sports are catching up, but analytically, you know, baseball is always, at least in the last you know twenty years or whatever, with Moneyball, uh, they've been embracing these new technological advances and Ivy Leaguers and whatever. That's great. I have no issue with that. But I feel like it does have a time and place, or or like someone put it perfectly on Twitter. I think it's not analytics. Basically, it's <laughs> to paraphrase. It's not the analytics fault of what happened with Snell. It was Tampa just misreading that, misreading the room, basically. Yeah, it was it, like, it, you know, they didn't have, no, because no, no analytical, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. And you're seeing it more and more in the NFL now with like yeah. these teams going for two to go up nine when they have not converted <laughs> anything third and five all game. So they had no right. short yardage plays against this team all. like So like it's just not having a feel and just ignoring what has happened in front of you for three hours and just going with a piece of paper that yeah that to me like that's not they're taking coaching out like they're not allowing coaches to coach right now and do you know what i mean with that yeah like, yeah you, you said you don't like you didn't like the uh three batter rule yeah so and the funny thing about that is so i because my thing was like i remember like in the 2016 world series watching the cubs make pitching changes i'm like do what you got to do to win the game obviously i get how unappealing it is on tv to watch commercial breaks after commercial break and all that but my thinking isn't oh i want to speed the game up i want the team to win and do whatever they got to do to win but yeah as far as the three batter minimum i feel like i kind of forget about it honestly i feel like it either doesn't really come into play or i just legit don't even think about it because you know the pitcher is just out there for the extra two batters or whatever and i get it it's boring so to I watch i feel it. like it works then because yeah. you think about wow there's been three pitching changes this inning right you don't think oh this guy's going three batters like it's just part of the game yeah I, exactly it's part of the game i was skeptical and didn't mm-hmm. really like it but as the season went along i'm like yes i'm so sick of yeah. the lefty coming in the right like three switches and three batters used to make me just pull my hair out so like i right. was skeptical of it but i liked it i thought i thought it was a, a good test did you like the uh I, I know you're an al guy anyway but uh did you like the dh in the nl or were you i kind of like the uniqueness but i'm not losing sleep over having the dh in the nl but apparently it's going away at least for next year yeah i'm surprised <laughs> that that's one of them that's too. going away um right I think if you're going to have a professional league, it should have the same rules. Mm-hmm. So either yeah. have DH in both leagues or don't have DH in both leagues. And and either way, I'm fine with. I've never understood why you have a league that has yeah. a different rule based on, on your division. I never understood that. It is problem. interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And yeah, and then the extra innings thing. I hated that. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that? I, I They need to do something so we don't get 16 inning games. Um, it felt too much like that's what happens to me Tuesday nights at softball. Like that's what we do mm. when we hit the eighth inning because you play. It felt yeah. too much like rec league at that point. Um, I don't know the answer because I don't want sixteen inning games. They teams don't want six coaches. Yeah, GMs don't want sixteen inning games because that ruins them for a week. Ties. Just, I, yeah, it's just got ties. I guess because the season's so long, I wouldn't be against ties. You know what I mean? Because they play 162. I'm not against a tie. As unsatisfying as that is. Right. I know ties are like like in hockey. Um, the thing is, though, the ties stunk. They went to the shootout. I never really... I don't mind the shootout, but I get it. It's kind of a novelty or, a, you know, when you get to the shootout, it's kind of like, 
it's luck, obviously. It has nothing, I mean, again, it's like ignoring the previous yeah. three hours that you just, it means nothing. It's not, you're right. It's pure luck. Like in soccer, those shootouts, the goalie has to completely guess a direction before the guy kicks. Like it's total luck. You're right. And it's, and yeah. And, and so I know some people want the ties back in hockey instead of the shootout. It's like, yeah, ties aren't ideal, but I get it. If you're in baseball, maybe go 12 innings and then a tie. I don't know. I right? feel like, and, and, and maybe do like a point system like hockey mm, where, where yeah. ties are worth whatever, you know what I mean? Like have some maybe. sort of situation like that. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Well, before I let you go, going back to the radio side of things, do you like, like is the producing side of things where you see yourself or would you want to have like your own show one day? So I've never had on-air aspirations, ever. I've never gotcha. really, yeah. I don't know, I've never cared to be on air all the time. I don't mind chiming in. Like, I don't feel, like, nervous or weird or anything like that chiming in when I do. Yeah. But no, I love love doing the production work. Like, if if I ended up, like, just being someone who made production all day, I'd be okay with that. I would, I'd actually be a little heartbroken because working the shows is a lot of fun type yeah. thing. But, like, I love doing the production work. And... It's the software, like the better software you have, obviously, the more and more you can do with it. But it's the way I like, I basically learned the, the absolute basics. And then you just have to constantly be playing with it because there's just feature upon feature upon feature. And then, like, you, you find, I still find things on the software that I've been using for a decade that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how simple is this? Or how awesome does this sound? Like, you keep finding things. So it's, it's a matter of just always wanting to like keep playing around and, and discovering things. Cause I do, I love doing it, man. It's fun. I like being creative. Like that's the creative part. And I really like doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's just, it's a fun thing in general. Um, Tyler mentioned the same thing that people he's talked to, uh, you know, it's like, they say, Oh, I just want to be on air. But then he's like, don't, don't, Dismiss any idea, yourself. like you said, mm-hmm. right? Tyler's exactly. talented. Tyler, Tyler will will be doing play by play, elite. or he will be doing a show. Tyler's a smart, talented kid, man. He's gonna do good things. I I like working with him a lot. So before I let you go, I have to know: is there any the I guess the the, the hot sauce? Is there anything that they're not letting out yet, or is it all secret? Um. I do know that Abdallah has no idea who's been eating his hot sauce. And Chris doesn't either. Neither one of them know who's yeah, been eating yeah. the hot sauce. I'll leave it at that. I, I do know that some people in the building know who was eating the hot sauce. But they have no idea who ate the hot sauce. Or who bought the hot sauce. Because there's a new bottle. Yeah, exactly. I love the anticipation and wondering. Like, uh, like this has been going on for at least a week. I think last Wednesday is when it started. So... I'm curious, or who knows, but I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it all culminates. And uh, yeah, I love the 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 phone. Uh, whoever did the audio, for, I mean, I know, I think, I guess Chris helped me. I don't know who did that, but uh, who knows? But I oh, love that it's become more of a of bit. The recording, right? Yeah, the recording, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh-huh. I love that it's just become like a thing. And, and Abdallah thinks Carmen did it, and I'm like, I don't think Carmen would do that, but who the hell knows? <laughs> I don't think Carmen would like vicious like he would replace it if he finished someone's hot sauce so i don't know there was a hot sauce back in there i don't know exactly well i will say this that i feel like i may be one of three people that know who's been eating the hot sauce well i'm sure we'll find out sooner than later maybe tonight anyway eric thanks so much for taking time to talk with me today get you know it's good to hear uh like you said, I hear you on the radio, but um, I felt like there's more to just a little snippets I hear. So it's cool to get your opinions on all things, you know, different sports and things like that. So keep doing what you're doing over at uh, ESPN 1000. Appreciate it, Will, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. I did. Be good. That was Eric Ostrowski from ESPN 1000, the talented producer on Black and Abdallah and lots of the other shows across the ESPN 1000 platform. You can follow him at Eric0312 on Twitter. As always, John Christian with the intro-outro music. Be sure to check out his band, Let It Sleep. And also, you can check out this podcast across Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, I will see you next time.